All right. So uh, we've been talking about basic doctrine and we've been talking about lordship, making Jesus Lord. And we've talked a lot so far about lordship. Uh, does anybody uh, want to share with me what you've learned so far about lordship? Um, go ahead, Faith. All right. Whenever you make Jesus Lord of your life, means He's in control of your life. Okay. All right. What else? Anybody else? Lordship. He has authority and mastery over our lives. Okay. All right. Now, how is that lived out? How is that lived out? You know, I know. I know by theory and by definition, we hear it. Jesus is Lord. Right. But the question I have for you is, how is that lived out? Well, when you put in first place in That's fine. When you put in first place in your life, that means that before you make any decision, you go to him. Before you make what? How many of us have made decisions without Jesus being what? Lord of the decision. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you make him Lord of the decision, it doesn't mean it may go the way that you want it to go, right? You know what I found out about God? He always, it's like God operates opposite than we think. <laughs> you know, the way, the way up is down. <laughs> you, you follow what I'm saying? You know, he, he said, if you want to be first, you got to be last, you, you, you know, and in our eyes, we don't see that. We don't see that concept, right? And so when we start talking about Lord, and if you look at your handout, I, I, there's right here in the middle of the paragraph, it says without middle page, it says, it says after the re- resurrection, real, real quick, it says the title Lord as applied to Jesus became much more than just a title of what? Honor and respect. So go to John twenty twenty eight for me. John twenty twenty eight. John twenty twenty eight. And let's see what it says. What does it say? Anybody who has it. All right, back up for me, okay? Because, see, remember, we want to stay in context, right? So, so let's back up to verse 26, and I want to show you something. See, here's what I want to tell you. A lot of people confess Christ as Lord, but they don't know what that really means. You see, Thomas, one of the disciples... He lived with doubt about who Jesus was. And and I want to say this. You can tell whether Jesus is Lord of your life based on your hesitations. Based on your restrictions that you place on him in your life. Right? Watch this. After eight days had the, with his after eight days his disciples were again inside uh, 
Now, now the first time Jesus appeared, Thomas wasn't there. Okay, remember that? Thomas was somewhere else. You, you, You follow what I'm saying? Here's the thing. It's amazing what you miss when you don't come to church. Amen. And you know what he missed? He missed the very presence of the resurrected king. But here it is eight days later. It says, and Thomas was with them. This, now he said, you know, I'm, I'm just show up to the party now, right? Right. It, you know, with them, Jesus came, uh, Thomas, Thomas with them and Jesus came. The doors haven't been shut and stood in their midst. And look what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus said, peace be with you. Shalom. Okay, go ahead. Go to the next verse. Verse 27, what does it say? Then he said to who? Now notice who he went to first. You know what I love about Jesus? He always gets to the right person first. Listen, many of us struggle with him being Lord. Right? Listen, if you have a hard time being present, mm, then you may have a hard time being in his presence. There's a difference. Amen. Here's the thing. When Jesus is Lord, it means that he has full control. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Listen, and I'm going without any hesitation because you are Lord of my life. You are leading. You're taking the lead in my life. Now watch this. He says, he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here with your hand and put it into my, and do not be what, but what? So here's a few things I want to share with you. It's a fact that Jesus did rise from the dead. But it tells us something. When we die and raise again, we will have these bodies the way it was left. Why you got to take care of your body? (laughs) Okay. Now watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. Jesus had to give him what? Proof. Some people... The only way they will make Jesus Lord is if they have some kind of proof. And here's the thing. They're constantly putting Jesus to the test because they always want proof. Listen, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. If Jesus is going to be Lord of your life, you and I must learn that it's a faith walk. That we're involved in. And just because it's not happening when I want it to happen. Doesn't mean I don't have proof that God is not real. Now watch this. You have to look at God's resume. In your life. Can I ask you a question? Has he done anything for you before? Come on somebody. Come on. Come on. Seriously, has he, now, right now, you may not be seeing what's happening, but God is working. Watch this. He says, but if you're going to, if you're going to touch me, you can't come to me 
with an unbelieving spirit. Now, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. This word, mm, 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 the word, the word there for believe is the word pastillo, and the word means to entrust oneself. To entrust oneself. He said, listen, you can't come to me, watch this, with an unbelieving spirit. You have to come to me trusting me that I am who I say I am. But you have to be convinced I don't have to convince you. You see? And oftentimes we struggle with lordship because what Christ is asking us for what what he what it what it looks like he's asking us for is a sacrifice. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. It, listen, watch what he said. He says, "Do not be unbelieving, but be believing." Verse twenty-eight. Thomas answered and said to him, "My Lord." Notice what he said first. My Lord, watch this. My Lord, and what my God. Now, what he called him was kurios. He said, my Lord, my master, before you can make Jesus the head of your life, you have to make him Lord. You have to make, before you can call him God, he has to have first place. Put up my put up my definitions from my slides. Is Liz sure I do that? Okay. Go go to yeah, go to the new one. Let me show you this. Okay, in the Septuagint, right? Now the Septuagint, as I told you, so do me a favor, dim these lights right here. There you go. Wonderful. All right. In the Septuagint, right, is the Hebrew, it's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. Okay? In the Septuagint, the expression Lord and Master, I said this on Sunday, right? The word kurios, which in the Greek New Testament also used as what? Master, husbands, and rulers. I told you this, I told you this on Sunday that back in the day, husband would call, I mean the wife would call her husband Lord. Be like, my Lord. Yeah, so you try that now and see what happened, right? Okay, go go on to the next thing real quick, because I already went over this. Sometimes it is not clear whether God or Christ is intended in the book of Acts. The title is attributed to Jesus himself in John 13 and in John 20, 28. Jesus accepts the title. He accepts the title from Thomas as a resurrected king, right? As what? My Lord and what? My God. Go to the next slide for me. Go to the next slide for me. Go to the next slide for me. All right. In the first Christian sermon, Jesus' lordship is made central to salvation. The first thing we have to remember is this. See, when I confess Christ, okay, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, I know I'm asking for forgiveness of my sins, but I don't really know what I'm doing. But in all actuality, what I'm doing is I'm asking him to be my Lord. Listen, when he's Lord, he'll govern everything. It appears that the public confession of Jesus as Lord was the approved focus and expression of the Christian faith. And the basis of church what? Membership in the apostolic church. 
Amen. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 20 for me. Look what it says. The son, now this is the first preaching in the, in the Christian church in the book of Acts. This is Peter preaching. Peter said, the sun will return into what? Darkness. The moon into blood. This is Jesus. Before the great and glorious day of who? Of the Lord shall what? Come. Verse 21. And it shall be that who? That everyone. Now notice it's in caps. Now you know what Peter was doing? Peter was quoting Old Testament scripture. Because he was talking to a Jewish audience. And he was saying to them, hey, now here's the reason for doing that. It validated that what he was saying was true. That he was was also validating that the Old Testament was, was, was real. But he was also saying that prophecy had been what? Fulfilled. Right? So watch this. He says... And it shall be that everyone who calls, now listen, this is, this is such a powerful doctrine. Watch this. Everyone, listen, listen. You have family members that are hurting right now, right? You have friends that are lost. You have people around you that it seems that they can't get it together. Anybody, anybody, anybody got anybody like that around you? I mean, listen, they just can't get it together. They're trying to get it together. Every time they go up, they fall right back down. Okay, now here's what I, here's what I teach in counseling. There's no other name. <laughs> There's no other name that you can call that is that powerful that he will transform you from the moment you come to him not unbelieving. Come on, somebody. But what? Believing. And that's the reason why doubting Thomas went from doubting to believing. That's the reason why he can call him after that, my Lord, my God. Because he called on the what? The very name of the Lord. And it says, and and you call on the name of the Lord, will be what? Saved. Now, let me tell you about that will. Okay, when he said will be saved, it carries the idea that when, when you're saved, you continue to be saved. It's in the aorist tense. Okay, so the aorist tense is simple action, one time, with continuous, present, abiding results. I don't think you're hearing me. See, here's where a lot of different denominations divide and things like this about this salvation lordship thing. Watch this. When you get saved, right, the deal is done. There's no going back. You're done. You're in. But the problem happens that what happens is I used to call it a process that's sanctification that is but it's not a process it's proximity listen to me real good I used to say uh, sanctification is the process by which you grow 
But that, that wasn't the right definition. Sanctification is about proximity. It's about getting closer to God. And the closer I get to God in his proximity, the more I'm what? Transformed. And the more, makes sense, doesn't it? If I get closer to God through lordship, if I get closer to him saying, you're master, you're Lord, if, if I'm in his proximity, guess what's going to happen to me? I'm going to mature. And that's what it takes to become mature. You have to get in God's what? Arena. And you have to get closer to God so therefore you can change.